Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 at Edmonton. Bruce Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. 9990 Jasper Avenue, the 99th Bruce Chris open in North America. Bruce Chris will open in uh, mid. Around mid-June here, had been open for uh, takeout and delivery through DoorDash. And uh, we'll wait and see what ends up transpiring. Obviously, a lot of patios at restaurants around town opening. In fact, today, we're headed in a positive direction. All right, uh, at this time, every Tuesday, we are joined by Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, live racing back at the Century Mile, Friday and Sunday evening. For now, no fan access, but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Post time is at 6.15. Mark Spector, how are you doing? Home of the Elks, baby, home of the Elks. Doing great. Yeah. What are you thinking, Bobby? On on the Elks, yeah. What are you thinking on the Elks? That's fine. I mean, I yeah. I, I I here's what I want to see happen. I want to I I really wish nothing but the best for that franchise and the CFL to to get back at it. As you know, I'm a uh, watch a ton of uh, NCAA college football and NFL in the fall, but grew up watching the Eskimos and and like CFL and like the Canadian. I even still sneak off once. I, I don't know what's going on at the University of Alberta. I don't know if they're inclined to even play this year with any of their respective teams, but because uh, I, I think the hockey schedule is getting, I do know that sounds like that's getting scaled back a bit. I don't know if they're going to have a scaled back football season, but I, you know what? I like, I like uh, spec. I like Edmonton teams and I want to see the Elks do well. So I hope the CFL gets back up and running. So Morley and Dave got some games to call and we got, you know, uh, to, to watch a little bit of CFL football. So what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I'm good with it. I think that uh, the only the, the English major in me doesn't love Elks. It should be Elk, kind of like the Manitoba Bisons, right? Bisons sure. already plural. Yeah. <laughs> Never. Ever since I was at the Gateway, Bob, I marvel at how an institution of higher learning could name their team the Bisons. But yeah. that's another story. Uh, Hey, at least there's like you don't have to go very far from Edmonton to actual to see actual elk. They do reside in our in northern Alberta, so that part works for me. 
I yeah, like the, their merchandise yeah. looks really good online today. The helmets are kind of cool. You know what? Let's go, man. Let's, it's Bottom less about is, what they're called and more about going out and playing some football, Bob. There it? you go. There you go. Let's just get back to normalcy. Give football fans the chance to watch some CFL football. Uh, you know what? It's, 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 it. I wish they'd open the game up a bit more, and we're going to translate that at some point during our conversation in, into, you know, it's you look at the National Football League, and they've driven offense in that game. They protect the quarterbacks. You know, the the defensive backs can't sit there. The cornerbacks can't sit there and clamp down on the receivers like the Pittsburgh Steelers did in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've opened that game up. Basketball's opened up. And, and for me, the CFL needs college football in the States. It's like it's a track meet now, right, like a program like Alabama, which is an absolute powerhouses switch from being a uh, run-based offense with you know the def- uh you know staunch defensive play to a, a team that can run a spread as well as anybody so but all that said i mean i, I wish that league and uh, and the elks nothing but the best mark that switch focus tell me the truth deep down inside because you're not i get you say you cheer for the story deep down inside was part of you kind of watching the things unfold last night and thinking you know, this is going to be pretty entertaining if the Leafs uh, blow a three-game-to-one series lead against the Montreal Canadiens here. Well, you know what? When you say cheer for the story, I guess I'd say this to you, Bob. I've seen this story before. You know what? I, 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 this isn't a new story, <laughs> right? They they lose in the first round every year. The only difference this year is that it was a pure and unadulterated choke. You know, not only did, were they one losing to four, but they were up 3-1 in the series. So the Leafs had it in the palm of their hand and absolutely choked. So that part's a little different. I don't think they – I mean, they choked in Game 7 against Boston, but that was Boston, and it was Game 7 and an even series. Anyway, I don't cheer for the Leafs to lose, Bob. I don't, I'm not saying I was cheering for the Habs to lose, but I think I said this last week, the poor fans in Toronto – you know, they, you think eminent fans have had a rough 20 years. You just said it uh, before I came on. The last Stanley Cup final they played, it was in 1967. We've been in, what, Edmonton's been in seven Stanley Cup finals since then. Yeah. You know, since 1983, they've been in seven. So I feel for the Leafs Nation. I feel for their fans. They At some point here, don't they get a playoff win, Bob? Don't they get a little success in the playoffs? Like, what do you got to do? Do you have to cheer harder? Do you have to have bigger numbers? Like, they got all their bases covered. They're, they're, it's a hell of a fan base, Bob. You got to admit it. They deserve better. That's all. I kind of feel sorry for them a little bit. Is that fair? You, you feel sorry for the fan? But why do you think it is that so many other markets in Canada, you know, I, I talked to guys in Ottawa today and, uh, a guy in Calgary, and they're like, oh, we're so happy the Leafs lost. Why, why is that the case? That's the media's fault, because the media is centralized out of Toronto. You know, including the where I work for, Sportsnet, and TSN is coming at you out of Toronto. And they lead, you know, because the Leafs have the most viewers, and it's proven again in Game 6 and 7 of that series, where the two largest audiences Sportsnet's ever had for an NHL game. So if you ever wonder why the Leafs get Saturday night prime time every time, that's why, right? We make more money. Every station makes more money off the Leafs than they make off the orders. That's just a fact. Uh, Do you think it might have a little bit to do with the fact that there might be some individuals in Toronto that kind of look down at the little outpost markets and everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to play in Toronto. It's just it's true. Everybody wants to go there and. 
we know what it takes to win. And well, wait, wait, wait a sec here. You guys booed Larry Murphy off the ice, and he got traded to Detroit and won a Stanley Cup that year. I mean, I don't know, Marks. There, there, there are some days when, and you know, you see the occasional trolling. Uh, we saw that a week ago. When I mean, Mark, at three and six, we had guys on nationally based radio shows in this country when the Oilers were three and six, three and six starts. Saying Connor McDavid needs to demand a trade right now out of Edmonton. Well, that again is the reason people hate the Leafs mostly is because of the media. Because the media looks at it through, they're in Toronto and they look at it through blue and white glasses. And I'm waiting, Bob. I'm waiting for that first media member, including a guy at our place, Arash Madani, for whom I have a ton of respect. He's a hell of a journalist and a really good guy. But he's right on the McDavid's going to ask for a trade bandwagon. And I'm watching him today on Twitter, and I'm not seeing any mentions about Matthews wanting a trade. I'm not seeing any mentions about Marner wanting to get out of there for to find some success, right? So yeah. you're right. It's it's a it's it's not you know for some reason guys don't I mean, the answer if they were on the phone with us right now would be yeah but Toronto's a big mega international city at Edmonton isn't no one wants to be there and that's what they think in Toronto because they live in a big six million person city right yeah so whatever we don't have yeah. that small man syndrome out here I don't want to live in Toronto I like going there I don't want to live there I like I, I, I gotta tell you it's one of the most disappointing markets to go to in the entire league. Montreal, on the other hand, and I can't stand the politics that comes out of Montreal and out of the province of Quebec and how uh, they see themselves. Uh, they have a thing called Bill 21, which just makes me shake my head every single day. Like, that's allowed in Canada. Uh, but, but Mark, when it comes to the passion for the game and when it comes for the respect for the opponent and the experience... Montreal is where it's at, not Toronto. You go into Montreal, you know what it's like. It's an awesome city to visit. They love hockey. They know hockey. They sit there and, and uh, you know, dating all the way back to it. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, and I, I'm going to date myself a little here, but I remember Valerie Harlamov in Montreal in 1972 and again in the New Year's Eve game in 75. I mean, this is at the height of the Cold War, Mark. And they were showing... Uh, you know, their appreciation for how gifted and special Valerie Harlamov was mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, when, when the, the, the Soviets were, were, I mean, we had a, people were not uh, at that time as left in Canada as we have become. There was not, there was real genuine fear over what the communists represented at that time and the appreciation that Montreal fans in particular had for so they've always they've always appreciated star players on the other team right well, like yeah but you and I were in Toronto the other I mean I'll I'll stand up for Toronto a little bit first of all as a city I think it's a great city it's a Canada's New York for me I love going there Mark Mark uh, Mark, Mark Mark okay where are the fans to start each period where are the in fans the, to start each period in oh, the lower in the, in the lower bowl in Toronto same with Yankee Stadium, man. Like, that's just a, a facet of the economy. Okay. I interrupt. You know, I'll shut up. The floor okay. is yours. The Bell Center doesn't, for instance, the Bell Center, I don't even know that they have places to eat and drink as much. That stuff, I don't care about that. I'm just telling you that we were both in Toronto when the when the Oilers smoked the Leafs, whatever it was, 7-2 or 7-3 the other year when McDavid walked around Riley. And I remember watching that crowd watched the replays of that goal on the screen and ooh and ah about what a great play that was. So, you know what? They, you can't tell me people in Toronto don't know and appreciate hockey. They know and appreciate hockey. You might not like their team. I don't think you can compare. You know, you clearly can't compare 
hockey traditions in terms of success. Montreal and Toronto, that's a, I mean, that's not even in the same conversation in terms of Stanley Cup wins and things. But I think Toronto's pretty damn good hockey market, Bob. Mark, I, how about I say it this way? And I'm not a religious man. <laughs> I, I'm not a religious yeah. man. When I go to Montreal, the sense I get is that the fervor for the game is a religion in that market. And mm-hmm. when I go to when I go to a big smoke in TO, in TO, my my experience to date has been that the building experience has been antiseptic. Yeah, okay. Okay. So take that's it for fair. what it's that said. So what I happened thought, to the Leafs? What happened to the Leafs, Bob? Well, and was it different than what happened to Edmonton? You know what? That's a great launch point to get into our next segment. So think about it. You're going to. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Drop the puck with us first when we come back. It's 1244 in Edmonton. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, you can text us at 780-496-0063. We've got Mark Spector. Spec, i got to bang some texts off. There are some really interesting ones that have come here on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Trevor says, Bob, I don't mind that the Leafs lost, but I can't with clear conscience cheer for the Habs from a province that chooses to buy oil from the Middle East instead of Alberta. Screw them. Whoa, that text comes in. Bob, you are incorrect that Montreal loves hockey. Go back and look how poorly the World Juniors were attended there. They care about the Habs, and that's it. That's why they have one professional sports team, I guess the Alouettes, but they don't care about them either. Well, actually, in fairness, there was a little period in the 2000s where the the Alouettes were a big deal in Montreal. Bob, shut up and let them talk for you-know-what sakes. I hate the, uh, the Leafs and the Habs. Toronto's a great place to visit, says this texter. Better, in my opinion, than Montreal. Well, thank you for your positive reinforcement. Bob, what do you say to all the Leafs fans in Western Canada that don't bash the Oilers and don't say McDavid wants out that are suffering as real as the fans of this team? The playoffs are tough, and the Oilers found that out all day. No question. It's hard to lose. Bob, did Mark Spector have his Steve Eiserman moment in Toronto or something? <laughs> That's funny. All right, Spec, you hit on something there. Edmonton and Toronto are out. They both have a cavalcade of top-end stars. Coincidence or circumstance? (laughs) Yeah, I know where you're going with this. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence. Uh, You know, no, I don't. Uh, And they're two completely different losses. First of all, Winnipeg's a 
you know, Winnipeg's a good team, a better team, a uh, deeper team than Edmonton that we thought Edmonton Stars could help them overcome, and in the end they didn't. Uh, I, I, you know, Toronto got up 3-1 in that series and had it in complete control and let it get away. So it wasn't, you know, to me, Edmonton Stars, the top two guys, uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl were pointless in the first two games, but then got in their horse in the second two games and were, were pretty productive. Right? Would it, McDavid had I think five points, and would Drysaddle have six or seven? Uh, I wish uh, it I was think, it was five for Drysaddle and four for McDavid. Four and four and, and five. And, and, the, and the final two games, they got those points. Okay, so that's nine one. points in two games for the two guys. They they put it together and they were productive. Yeah. Uh, you know, Austin Matthews had seven games. He scored one goal. Mitch Marner had seven games. He didn't score a goal. Had four points. You know, Zach Hyman in seven games had one goal, no assists. So, you know, and they got, Toronto got support scoring, right? I'm looking at the, the list here. Kerfoot, you know, third-line guy at six points. Petza, I think a fourth-line guy half the time had five points. Galchenyuk had four points. So they got all kinds of step scoring. Jack Campbell was good enough to win for you. Sure, Price was better, but that's okay. Jack Campbell was good. So he lets in one bad goal in game seven. It doesn't matter. If you don't score till a minute and a half left, who cares what your goalie does, right? So I, I think they were different losses, and you know Edmonton. We know. I think we know what's wrong with Edmonton. I think we come out of that series and say, okay, the Oilers need some depth players. They need more people chipping in. I'm not sure what's wrong with Toronto. When I come out right now, I'm trying to think how would I fix Toronto. I'm not exactly sure what I do, Bob. I'll uh, paraphrase Steve Levy uh, from ESPN, and I believe that Ray Ferraro picked up on this as well. Uh, 17 of the 18 highest-paid NHL players will watch the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Carey Price, the lone exp- uh, exception. And he quoted, guy, he quoted a guy, a producer, um, by the name of Ben Boma, who ended up uh, uh, no connection to Lance Boma. Uh, uh, ben Boma. So 17 of the 18 highest-paid players in the NHL We'll watch the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mark, we hit on this briefly last week, and I don't want to make it an excuse because I concur with your thoughts at Edmonton. It was about depth and Connor Hellebuck pitching a 950. Uh, by the way, as it turned out, in the balance of the series, Jack Campbell actually had a higher save percentage than Carey Price, but Price did have 944 come crunch time in the final three games. Yeah. 17 of the top 18 uh Player, highest paid players are out. Hmm, Mark, we talked about this. I mean, we have rules to protect goalies on goaltender interference. We've just watched Connor McDavid play eight playoff games in the last two years and not get a, a power play for Edmonton. Uh, if you're a Leafs fan right now, you're saying Toronto's skill got mitigated about how the game was managed. What would you say to that? Uh, I think that's... I watched most of that Toronto-Montreal series. I didn't see... I didn't see everybody hanging off of their top players. I didn't see Marner carrying two guys. I'll tell you this: that, that I think we, all, everyone in hockey, will agree that looking back in hindsight, over over last year's playoffs, what four games last year and four games this year, eight games, Connor McDavid doesn't draw a penalty. That's a larger sample size, Bob, and I think that's concerning. You know, I think that's fair to say. Oh, hang on, we should look at those eight games, and we should examine. How many calls might have got missed? I think that's fair. If I'm the league, I'm doing that. I've done it already. Uh, I'm going to say 17 and 18 guys are out this year. That's very odd. You know, that's pretty abject. 
But you got to give me a bigger sample size than just this year. It could be total fluke, Bob. What happened last year? What happened the year before? What happened the year before? I, this is a, a sample size of one round of playoffs here, right? Yeah. You know, it's not enough. Uh, you're right. Where you're going, there might be something there. But you can't just use one round of Mark, playoffs in one season and get there already. you got to have a bigger sample size than that, my friend. If the NHL wants to grow their game, Mark, do they have to let the stars shine? Well, sure. They do. Yes. They do. Okay. But is there a rule change that's going to stop that Oilers team from from not succeeding in the playoffs with the lack of depth they have, Bob? What rule would you change I, I to have Drysaddle and McDavid carry the Oilers single-handedly yep. between the two of them? Because that's what it was. That's what it was probably. And and we'll we'll get into some specifics that happened during the Winnipeg series that were a little perplexing to both of us coming up here after uh, one o'clock mark. But I guess here's the thing: I had a pretty animated conversation with John Shannon on Friday, and I'm like, well, you know, why is it such a? Here's the thing: when the NHL is putting their TNT package out or their ESPN package out next year, and they're showing graphics from the game. Uh, to promote the game, and they, let's say they've got an Edmonton game against Toronto. They're showing McDavid head-to-head against Ottawa. Well, better yet, let's go, let's go Edmonton against Montreal. Maybe they're showing Price in goal, and maybe they're showing McDavid. Or they're showing Edmonton and Toronto, and it's... it's Shea Weber, know, it's, sure. Sure, right? It's the stars. It's not the third and fourth liners, but, the, you know, everybody's saying, well, hockey's the best team sport in the world. And then part of me thinks, yes, but you know what? Maybe hockey bends over backwards, to ensure that it's the best team sport in the world, that it almost makes its stars have to play through more. Like, you know what I'm saying? And where is that coming from? And I wonder whether or not when you have other professional sports like the NFL, like the NBA, which ESPN has really targeted to grow uh, their audience with, uh, those leagues are focused on the stars. And whereas Mm -hmm. there is a bit of the... I would almost like Mark when when you tell you know when Connor McDavid can't get a power play in two years of the playoff uh, playoff games. Yeah, that's a problem. That's, that's a problem. problem. They didn't lose the series because of it, but they could have gained nope. some momentum at key times during. The, uh, and don't even get me back to the Anaheim series because I think there's some people still upset about that. I think it's a problem, Mark. So where does where does the messaging come from? Is this from Colin Campbell and his group? Is this from Stephen Walken? You have a very good relationship with the officials. Where do you think it comes from? Well, I don't think the messaging is, you know, the messaging is from all sides. Let the Do your best to let the players decide the game. I think the stigma in hockey that we need to get rid of is somehow if you win the game because you got three power play goals, it somehow it, it, it delegitimizes the victory, right? The referees won the game. No, they didn't. They called penalties that had to get called because they were legitimate, and then the team scored in the power play. Blame the guy that took the penalty. Don't blame the referee. And I think in hockey, we are focused on looking at the refs. Go, wow, look. If, uh, down a howler and gave out seven power plays last night. Well, of course we lost, right? Well, why don't you look at your own team and say, we committed seven infractions last night. We, we can't be this way and still win hockey games. So you know, I, I want to make the analogy to baseball. 
like defense takes over hockey a little bit in the in the postseason ball. We've watched guys just play harder. They backtrack harder. They play more physically. Guys who don't play physical all year get physical playoffs. It's and- harder to score in the playoffs. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But in baseball, pitching takes over as well. Pitching takes over in the pitching. They always say good pitching beats good hitting. Pitching's boring. Pitching keeps the score down. And baseball's got a problem now. With these relievers coming in every inning, as they were last year, all the scores went down. There's no hits because every inning you get a fresh reliever. So they've changed that. Now there's, right, relievers have to face, what is it, three batters. You know, so baseball's dug their own hole in terms of the foot soldiers coming in and, and taking care of the guys that sell tickets. And they're trying to dig out of that hole. And hockey should be looking at this and saying, we've got to dig out of this hole too. All right, that's fair. This text comes in out of Edmonton saying, nobody's asking for the rule change to benefit the Oilers. We're just saying, call the rules that already exist. And I think that's part of the issue for a lot of the fans as they see a completely different st- uh, standard uh, you know, in the playoffs than there is over the course of the regular season. Uh, Paul yeah. has reached out uh, to my Twitter account and said, Bob, soccer is much more of a team sport than hockey, and their stars get the room to showcase their skills. I can remember, Mark, I can go all the way back to 74. Brazil won the 1970 World Cup. They beat Italy. I think it was 4-1. They scored one of the greatest goals ever where, like, every guy on the pitch touched the ball in a buildup uh, up, uh, you know, to, to, to win in 1970. They didn't have uh, – Pele had stepped away by then for 74, and they were dirty. Like, they were rolling up on guys' ankles in 74. This was when Netherlands with Johan Cruyff – you know, at a huge uh, tournament that the event was in West Germany, that West Germany won. But I, I remember thinking, Brazil, the team that plays the beautiful game, Mark, and they were hacking and, you know, kicking guys' shins left and right. It was brutal. Not, and, and, and today, you know, right away, when anything comes close to that stuff, it gets called. And so they, they have kind of protected their star players. And some would say the difference is in, 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 your, in, in soccer is you have guys roll around even when they're barely tapped. And we don't see that as much in hockey, but that's another yeah. conversation. All right. It's a different mentality in hockey. We expect all of our players to tough it out, quote, unquote. Block a shot, get up, and keep playing, right? Work through the interference. And you're right. Like, a lot of that we like in hockey. Right? The thing we don't like about European football are these guys trying to sell calls and rolling all over the place. And you know, right, I'm here to predict this and, and write it down, yes. Bob. You know that if yeah. you open up and say, okay, we're going to call way more penalties on all our stars, diving and rolling will ensue, right? It will ensue. That will happen. All right, uh, 12.59, we'll go to break. When we come back, we'll talk about what Edmonton could have done better in their series against Winnipeg. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.